the moving image is, is satanic trickery. Yeah, but they all love movies. They all love Dunkirk, and they're like, "Yeah, the uh, Hollywood." Is, I mean, sorry, the Oscars is a Hollywood liberal pedophilia uh, Jew event, but Dunkirk should win. Yeah. Well, like it's Dunkirk. like they got. It's like they got to give one to the to the Rubes. It's like American Sniper. It's it's sort of like they're paying. It's like they're tithe to real America. One movie right. a year. Blindside. Yeah. Maybe they just really like Harry Styles. They're all Directioners. I don't know who that is. He's, he's the guy from One Direction. Yeah, I know I'm familiar with it, but I just don't know what he's, that is. He's Richard Dunkirk. That's what the, yeah. the movie they made um, him about. Boy, the Mechagos retreat. That's his uh, <laughs> most infamous line. Here's the thing. I can't tell any of the One Direction uh, teen band people apart, but there's a substantial amount of uh, women that are my age on Twitter who can apparently and are very obsessed with this. All I know is that one of them is a Muslim. Okay. Which causes a lot of uh, anxiety. He's the Boko for some Haram people. guy. He is. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. A lot of people, they think he's going to detonate a vest during one of the concerts or something. Yeah. I've heard that. It's pretty funny. Well, the last One Direction died in 9 11, or the 19 hijackers. <laughs> Western civilization used to have One Direction. <laughs> well, one one Direction East. On your knees. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello everybody, we're back to Sir Chapo for this week uh, No point in delaying this any longer, let's just get into it uh, Sitting in this week, making his second appearance on the show, David Cross David, how's it going? It stinks in here Really? <laughs> it really does, yeah uh, You're probably not you're inured to it, but yep. it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not pleasant. What's the what's the exact odor? Um, cat. Okay. And uh, nerd. Okay. <laughs> this is my place, by the way. <laughs> Felix, crack that window a little bit more. <laughs> I'm used to it now. It's okay. okay. But every 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 time I shift on this couch, it, I get a little wafting of it. Dude, didn't you work with Brian Posen? Uh, Posen. Posen. Yes. yes. That's just one man. <laughs> there's uh there's five of y'all in there. <laughs> oh fuck, I did forget to shower today. God damn it. <laughs> I had yeah, it on my notepad. Just getting your regular so now it's two everyday So now it's two weeks. <laughs> I had it in my notepad and everything. <laughs> fuck. You you you're you're only reminded when other people make you aware of the fact yes. that Dude, yeah. <laughs> the success has gone to your mix head. mix it up a bit. <laughs> this is your downfall. Well, I don't think Matt should forget what got him to the dance. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the, not having to shower is the motivation that made me become a podcaster. <laughs> it was just, I was always thinking, like, just you, one day you can have the dream. When I was practicing my podcast riffs, mm-hmm. and it was just too much, and I was pushing myself to the limit, I thought, you won't ever have to shower again. I saw the documentary, the 30 for 30 on you and, uh, <laughs> and your rise, and uh, that footage of you practicing your podcast lines at like three in the morning under one little fluorescent light out in the playground cracked pavement it was yep. really impressive yep sweat pouring off yeah. of me and i'm like one day i won't have to wash this off yeah. there'll be nobody to tell me <laughs> so uh beginning uh, uh this show i suppose we should talk about um the story that everybody's wacky aunt is sharing on facebook at the moment and that of course is yesterday's um Boozy public meltdown of a former Trump campaign staffer, uh, Sam Nunberg. Now, I actually didn't watch much of this. Uh, 
Can someone, uh, Virgil, can you sort of uh, explain uh, this whole thing to me? Yeah, Give us I, a TikTok. I am the resident MSNBC head here. <laughs> uh, okay, so Sam Nunberg was some low-level head B guy on the Trump campaign, whom uh, I'm pretty sure Trump just like verbally abused a bunch and then fired him. Uh, you said... Oh, he, so uh, just a regular person. Regular person? Yeah, he was a yeah. former yeah. Democratic operative. He was one of those like weird 90s Democrats who wrote a book called, like, you know, the... The football primary. <laughs> and I believe he got fired from the campaign early on for Facebook posts about Obama being a Kenyan usurper. I, I saw that. He never, wasn't making enough of those. Yeah. It's, <laughs> kind, of, it's kind of adorable because that's clearly a thing where it was just bad timing. Give it six months, no one would have given a shit. Well, it would have helped, if anything. Did you say Nunberg was the McDonald's guy? Yeah, th- th- I did yes. see something about how he yes. was he was left at a McDonald's. Just oh, I remember the, that. Yeah, because he ordered like no pickles, and it was just taking too long, and they yeah. just left him in the McDonald's. Yep. Uh, so this guy, and by they, it's just Trump. I mean, <laughs> yeah. everybody else went. At, you know, will do whatever he says. So he's just like, you know, fuck this guy and his no pickles. Can't doesn't can't figure out how to throw him off the bun. Get out, get out. Let's go. Leave him here. Like a child, like a petulant. My, I can get somebody else to put my Big Mac in a blender. I don't need him anymore. <laughs> you need me. I'm the only guy who can do this. The only one on this staff competent enough to order food at McDonald's. So somehow uh, the. The, the guy who was abandoned at McDonald's has become a focus of the the, Mu- the Mueller investigation. Yeah, he and was uh, so he was like a confidant of Roger, Roger Stone, I believe, yeah. and yeah. he was subpoenaed by Mueller for his email records with Roger Stone and possibly Bannon, I forget. And uh, boy, this guy he had one yesterday. He got a uh, got a little little tipsy there, and he called into Katie Turr's show, Katie Turr MSNBC weekdays at two, two to three. Uh, <laughs> Are you watching? Pardon me? No, I know no, you have that shit on sometimes. No, we were in the office, remember? All right, yeah. Uh, no, he went on Katie Turr's show and uh, just kind of made a mess of things and said, no, this is an, an invasion of my privacy. I will. I don't support the president, but he's right on this one. It's a witch hunt. I will not give up my emails with Roger Stone. Roger Stone is a good man. And, you know, when we send but these he, emails... But his, part of his... I mean, I don't truly believe this, but part of his uh, anger and... Uh, he would, and he said over and over again, "I'm not going to spend 80 hours going through my emails." Like it was a chore that he didn't think that he, you know, uh, uh, should have been subject to. Oh, and I got to go through my uh, emails for the uh, 80 hours on my emails. Fuck that! I'll go to jail. Well, I was, I was surprised to find that out. I thought when they subpoena your emails, they just go in themselves. Yeah. I didn't know you had to go through them. That that's a that's a very that's uh, that occurred to me as well, and I don't I don't think he really truly understands the yeah. magnitude of what's going take, on here. I think he it. does this morning. I think after the hangover kicked in and he woke up and was like, "I did what?" You know, <laughs> it seems very hard to believe that the that the that the uh, the procedure for a federal prosecution is, "Hey, we'd like to see your emails. <laughs> yeah, just send them over. Yeah, we'll give you eighty hours. <laughs> yeah, so if you just send over the ones that you think are relevant." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. there are way, there are ways to search terms in email. You can search the sender. You yeah. can search just he, the emails. He also Roger Stone had sent. the piece of paper. He had uh, 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 I, I don't think it was a subpoena, but it was whatever they sent to him. He kept waving it around, and it would crinkle into the mic. And he made the rounds. He went on a number of shows. He called into Katie Torres, and he yes. called into New York One. 
Ben oh, called into New that. York yes, one? Yes, he called into New York one. He well, went uh, on, uh, just to do weather on the ones? <laughs> no, but that guy, they were they were not, uh, no offense to New York one, but they're not at the level of Katie Tour and the other MSNBC Aaron uh, journalists who, uh, uh, you know, could could really zero in and ask the, you know, uh, draw a, the the thread and, you know, and ask the pertinent, interesting information. Uh, New York one people were like, you know, it would be it would be akin to them the Pentagon Papers being dropped off at New York One. Uh-huh. What are we New York One to? actually uh, now goes by Spectrum News, which I think oh, is pretty my, good. Representation <laughs> is important in media. I've yeah. always said you gotta that. Got to brand yourself. After I, I'm just bummed that he didn't do a Periscope at any point. After calling into Tur, he did the Trump version of the full Ginsburg, which is to get hammered and just go on a bunch of lib talk shows to get yelled at for being drunk. It was. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like that because, you know, this is kind of what we all voted for. I'm assuming everyone in this room voted for Trump. Of course. Yep. Like, you know, the Hillary people, like, what do you think happened when they were called to the Senate to talk to the Trey Gowdy about Hotmail or whatever? They were probably <laughs> like, well, in 1999, I voted. I downloaded Ernie and Burt Smoke Weed.WMV on LimeWire. I'm so sorry. They just listed every crime they ever did. They were terrified. And all the Trump guys are like, all right, been indicted. I'm still pretty drunk from my custody hearing. Time to, time to go on all the shows. Hey, guess what, Robert Mueller? I found some of that airplane glue in my garage. I'm ready for you, you fucking pussy. I'm still you drunk ready? from my custody hearing. Well, yeah. I better. How much, guys? Roger, how much? Uh, what? What? And how much do I do of uh, for custody hearing? Four tequila. All right, four tequilas. Salt? No salt. No salt. All right, here we go. All right, I just got off a crying FaceTime call with my ex-wife <laughs> while smoking K2 Spice in the green room. I'm ready. He's this basically is... like those guys who uh, who go on fa- the, the the Facebook page of the police, their local police department, and taunt them after their warrants are out. <laughs> like, yeah, bitch, you ain't found me yet. Yeah, yeah. He was screaming, you know, what's Mueller going to do? Send me to jail. Send me to jail. I will defend Roger Stone. I will defend the oath president who fired me. Yeah, Roger, for, St- Roger, Stone, Roger Stone is probably already diming him out to agencies oh, yeah. that don't even care about this. He's just... <laughs> Roger these Stone people is, not learn that, I mean, literally every... Every story of the people that surround them. I, I mean, they can't be so ins- insulated that they don't see all the shit that's happening around them. Maybe they are. I don't know. But as if you're if you're not within that, and you're just looking from the outside outside looking in. You're like, they're going to flip on every single person. There's no friendship here. These guys. Yeah. This is d- mafia thug one hundred one bullshit. If you go dr- out drinking with Roger Stone, you wake up the next morning in a fucking bathtub full of uh, ice cubes <laughs> with a fucking gash in your back and a little sign on the. Mirror that says, "Call the go to the doctor. You don't have a kidney anymore." Uh, can we play this? And I, I thought this is some of the finest journalism I've ever seen. Yeah, it's scolding someone for having the temerity to have a few drinks at six p.m. Oh, what a crime! <laughs> this is uh, this is Aaron. This is uh, Aaron Burnett uh, interviewing, uh, confronting uh, Nunberg on CNN with his worst crimes. Yes, we talked earlier about what. People in the White House were saying about you. Yeah, talking about whether you you were you were drinking or on drugs or whatever they uh, had happened today. Um, talking to you, yeah. I have smelled alcohol in your breath. <laughs> well, I, I have not had a drink. You haven't had a drink, so that's no. not. True. No. So I I just because it is the talk out there. Again, I know it's awkward. Let me just get give you the question well, so you can uh, categorically answer. answer that. Uh, no, my, you have you had a drink answer, today? My answer is no. I have not. Anything else? No. 
He's taking that, edibles. That, that, <laughs> that, I don't like that from Aaron Burnett. That's Irish respectability <laughs> politics. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm just trying to understand. Um, yeah, but uh, and then and then the other thing, the other reaction that came out of this, uh, I, I saw Jim Vandehei of Axios. Uh, sort of speaking about the, the, all the circus around this, said, this is one of the reasons America hates the media. Our entire industry lit itself on fire because a troubled Trump hanger-on made an ass of himself live. And there's sort what of this idea... What the fuck idea. is Axios? Is that a seasteading community? What the fuck is that? No, it's, it's Vandehei and the other one, the Mike Allen. It's their new journo venture. I, why do they all got to sound like ED drugs? Fuck you and <laughs> your fucking Axios. But this idea is that uh, it's not okay to laugh at this because he has a maybe has a drinking problem. Everyone? Oh fuck that! <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, what could be? Yeah, what? What? Uh, I don't see. There's anything to laugh about about a deranged. Look, uh, if if a guy, if a, if it would be a different situation if it was a run of the mill story and we weren't in the times we live in and and we weren't twenty four hour news junkies and waiting for the next crazy thing because we. We are waiting for the next crazy thing. That was the next crazy thing. We will be on to the next thing by about 6 o'clock this evening. Right. This will just be a reference point, and it will get lost within a week and a half, two weeks. And we'll just be – it's just cumulative nothing, you know, ultimately. And, uh, and yeah, we, we get to – we absolutely have the right to address, mock, uh, uh, underscore that a guy – Got you know had a few drinks and went on and acted like a fucking idiot, uh, be- because of the na- the nature of what he's talking about and where we are. So so fuck that guy. Yeah, no, I'm sorry and- he didn't commit any crime though, except for the crimes he did. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's no the the real villains here, the real contemptuous people are are everyone who goes on cable news sober. Cable news is dog shit. It's awful. It's boring. They have just the worst people on. And that's because they're sober. That's because they're not cool enough to drink. I'm sorry. Everyone should be on cable news drug. I will gladly go on cable news drug five nights a week. You heard it here. Not first, but you've heard it here. I don't care what time. I'll do, I don't know, noon. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's new. You heard that here first. I, so you're going to host a show, and it's just you mixing highballs. Yeah, I'll do Good Morning America drunk, whatever. Yeah, Virgil's going to bring back the golden era of TV, which in the 70s is just like guys in bathrobes drinking out of highball cups. Uh, That's true. The news there, let me tell you a true, uh, uh, true story, anecdote. Um, the guy who, uh, the, the news guy in The Simpsons. Kent that Brockman? Kind of, yeah. Kent Brockman, that old school, yeah. uh, uh, was based on a real guy in L.A. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now, but... Um, uh, there used to be, and it could still be there, I don't think it is, but an old school kind of 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s dive bar, you know, red, dark with red banquettes and red leather banquettes and stuff. And um, and the guy who was the uh, basis for that character, uh, uh, so I was at this place called the Nicodel, the, the bar, and uh, me and a couple of friends, and we're sitting there, and it's, we were like day drinking. I think it couldn't have been later than five o'clock. And I we smell were in alcohol there. on your breath. <laughs> <laughs> and he he was at the bar and he's drinking drink after drink after drink. The bar there's a um, TV on, on the corner, like uh, uh, above where he's sitting in the corner. Uh, and then he he was there when we got there. and We were there for like an hour. He pays, get leaves, and then fifteen minutes later. 
There he is live doing the local <laughs> news. It was right next to, I think it was KABC. So it was on, uh, I think it was on Melrose, I want to say. And, uh, um, but it was, it was awesome. We watched that guy. I mean, easy. I don't know what he was drinking, but it was, there were like four or five of them. And he was there before we got there. And then there he was reading the news. Awesome. That's the way it should be, baby. Real professionals at work. If you can't go out there and read those fucking cue cards, shit face, yep. then you shouldn't even have a job. Thank Anybody you. could do that sober. Well, yep. everyone until about pretty much 1992 was drunk all the time. Yeah. That used to be the, yeah, you would wake up, you'd go to work, you'd drink that little scotch that was in the top drawer of your desk and then go to a meeting where you'd have seven martinis and get into a weird argument with the one woman in your office who everyone in the office is like paid to have an abortion <laughs> To go home, like just have a silent roast with your wife and your seven kids, and then get just drink until you go to sleep, and then you wake up, and then you write Revolutionary Road. Yeah, and then what time. happened? The Japanese started kicking our ass, and then we had a fucking. Yeah, it's like all right, everybody's serious, serious again. Serious yeah, now. we got to sober up. Okay, we, a, we the kids had to learn Chisholm Bop in school. <laughs> yeah, it, it used to be okay for a father to like wake his son up at two a.m. and just start weeping that the Thomas Jefferson had accomplished more than him in life at the same age. It used to be regular. It used to be regular for your dad to get arrested at a baseball game. It used to be okay. That's still regular. Uh in in real America, it is. I mean, I guess like the, uh, the the larger issue here with Nunberg, and then I saw a little of this when Hope Hicks resigned last week, is this idea that um, we should feel sympathetic for these people because they chose to work for Donald Trump and it's been a disaster. It's, today, there's a whole thing with uh, – uh, there was a, a little article about Michael Flynn is selling his house. His brother – uh, you know, notify the news or whatever that his that Michael Flynn is selling his million dollar house mm. in order to pay his legal fees, and this is a guy who's already pled guilty. Yeah, and uh, to just some things, we we know that he did other things, and uh, you know, he's they're working out a deal, but and and everybody is framing it like uh, not everybody, of course, but the you know people who want to see it, people on the right who see it as a, a, see this through a certain lens like see that's all Dinesh D'Souza you know that's all these people do they they their their sole motivation is to ruin lives and we're supposed to feel bad that this guy's mounting legal fees for you know basically treasonous <laughs> activities uh, are, is costing him his house his million dollar house like I give a shit about that like I'm supposed to feel well, sorry a home is so much more than just a house David it's, it's a cast it's the love of your family and friends and well, it's just these are the people are all part of the same class, so they can un, they can imagine that happening to them. Yes, and so it's all just reflected narcissism. It's like, oh, I could get in trouble for all the horrible crimes that I commit as a DC media and politics slug, and therefore, and I could get humiliated by my boss, and I could end up getting owned on TV. And so these things are relatable fucking uh, traumas. I know, that's that's my truth. I, I didn't mean to get this serious to assume but that that's my <laughs> that's my true fear is that these people are so embedded in this thing and so attached to this that they can't let go and they're more it's going to um you know it dominoes out to a lot of other people it's not just 20 30 100 120 people i mean it's it's we're now into a thousand you know thousands of people who are are uh attached to this uh, uh, administration and the things that have been going on, and they can't let go. They're not going to let go, and they're not. They're their, you know, their reputations are on the line eventually, and and 
that's what's pretty scary to me. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it will shock you how many of these people will be fine. I mean, oh, they're, they're, I, all, I they're, they're already. Be fine. No, 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 no. Like, don't they, misunderstand they me. They know they I, don't have to, like, salvage their reputations. Like, Hope Hicks is already starting with Hope Hicks because it reminds all these fucking media dopes about their shitty daughter who, like, finally <laughs> got a job at age 27 in PR. That's like, yep. how many articles no, I, have I you seen about Hope Hicks? I think you're wrong. I think that individually... When something like that happens and they're uh, they're inundated with this news and they're all over the place, I think they can't separate themselves. No matter how many people are going, it's going to be fine, or people saying the same thing you're saying, I think to a person individually, they're nervous and they're scared and they're worried about the reputation. Oh, yeah, they're nervous. They're nervous, but like... I do think they will eventually be okay and they're not going to uh, suffer the consequences like we uh, uh, want them to or some of us want them to, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, I think each person, no matter what law- the lawyers are saying, no, ma- no matter what their uh, friends are saying, are still nervous. They're nervous because, like, I think, like the Hope Hicks type people are are nervous because, like, these are people who've like never really been in trouble for anything. They've had these very like staid yeah. upper middle class lives. But I think, yeah, but they're someone- watching all these people fall that are way above them. That are way smarter, savvier, and connected in this world. Who aren't going to uh, escape. Paul Manafort's not going to escape. No, Paul Manafort's fucked, but Paul Manafort is fucked not necessarily because of shit he did for... I mean, the Trump shit, like, put him on the map to people, but Paul Manafort got caught for doing the same thing that, like, Lanny Davis or whatever other fucking scumbag does, but he was just dumber about it and tried to convince people that he really bought $3 million worth of carpets to launder money. (laughs) No, yeah, they're definitely individually freaking out, but they're already being rehabilitated. I'm fine. I'm happy that my friends are going to be okay. (laughs) My friends Hope Hicks, my friends Sam Nunberg. I just, I like this development. I would never do that to you ever. I like the development of the of the humiliations becoming more public and 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 grotesque and sort of slapstick, like yeah. Nunberg. I mean, that's well, more fun. He put fun. himself out there. That's yeah. that's in part going back to what the guy from Axios said. It's like, no, 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 no. He wasn't. He didn't. He wasn't uh, forced to come yeah. on the air. He did this of yes. his own volition. Went Absolutely. on and didn't go on one one TV show. Went on five <laughs> or six. Yeah, uh, with his little paper, yeah. his crinkly yeah. paper, going. Look at this! Look at this! Forget yeah. it! Fuck this guy! <laughs> like they have no dignity to assault. This idea that making fun of them is some sort of horrible thing because these this poor man he has no dignity. He is a he's a rodeo clown, and people are going to forget it in two days when Trump makes Stephen Miller eat an entire six foot party sub <laughs> on camera for his own amusement. Yeah, before these people got there, they like they were like, ah. Oh pretty beat up from getting into a fist fight with my time warner guy this morning for some uncertain reason who's also my wife yeah <laughs> yeah well i think it's the reputation thing nobody wants to face a subpoena and nunberg said yeah I, i'm not going to give you these emails look me and roger we send uh, we should talk people on our emails we send some uh, kind of naughty things to each other i don't want that to be leaked look, those, are, those iran contra guys they're not just like fine now. They get to go on Pod Save America and talk about how we need to bring back dignity. I guarantee you, ninety percent of the people who like fucking got Venmo from some Russian are going to be fine. <laughs> now, do you remember this, Matt? It, I, I think it was during uh, the the whole Packwood scandal. There was a low level uh, staffer for Packwood who kept a diary, and I, I think it was Packwood. It might have been one of the Star investigations, but that unlucky staffer was like a young guy. Uh, had his diary subpoenaed by the committee investigating Packwood. 
And the I ro- thought it was Packwood's diary. I thought Packwood, Packwood wrote a horny diary. Packwood had a diary, diary but oh, fuck. I, I, I think I'm conflating a few things. Yeah, You're right. Pa- Packwood, Packwood had a wrote diary. a horny diary where he was like, today I touched a boob. In the, in the Senate. It was awesome. Then they I, got the idea for Sex in the City from Bob Packwood. <laughs> Basically. Dear, dear Diary, there are some cute pages, but I don't know if I'm going to say hello. Anyway, the lesson out of that was, if you work in D.C., don't keep a diary. Well, that's the Hope Hicks thing, because apparently she has one. Oh, great. We can read it. Yeah. Felix, we can finally find out what she thinks about oh, if she's been writing, <laughs> if she's been writing Mrs. Felix Biederman there, <laughs> a few pages. No, well, the real would, reason that he doesn't want those emails out is because there are actual legitimate rare Pepes in there. it's gonna devalue the whole thing i would love to read those emails just two old men talking about all right memes yeah yeah have you heard about groiper roger he's the new he's the new thing fabulous get rid of pepe's last news last week's news it's all about groiper he's fatter and smugger (laughs) are you know about groiper are you aware of groiper david no okay so you know about pepe obviously yes all right well apparently pepe got too normal have I got too mainstream? Too yeah. many old sure, and normies sure. were using it, so they invented a new racist frog. They invented Groiper. it. I thought there was something where, uh, but I know the guy who invented or came, yeah, came Chris up with Fury, Pepe yeah. was, Matt is, he, or Matt Fury, yeah. is, is upset and like, no, this was He's, yeah. guys, this is not my intention. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who invented Groiper. I don't think they. This was actually not. Is this supposed to replace Pepe? I think no. it's for. It's an esoteric Pepe. It's a Pepe for the real heads. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's showing that you're really in it sure, for sure, the sure, racist. Sure, 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 you're sure, not just sure, there sure, because sure. the outright is cool now. You love it, and he looks like Pepe, only really way fatter <laughs> and even sense. smugger looking. And well, this frog uh, gets busy. <laughs> Groiper was a basket. Too many people just started repping Pepe just for all the pussy. And like, I think yeah. that's just, you know. Yeah. Hey, Where does the word Groiper come from? Uh, that I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to click on enough links to find out what fucking Groiper comes from. But this is what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's very similar to Pepe. It's yeah. just. Uh, he's just obese. Yeah. And he, he's got his little frog hands under his chin. Yeah, is he supposed bag. to be like a thinker, like a like? Is he being he's, contemplative? He's a gentleman there? philosopher. Yeah, he's being like smug. He's like, ooh, I just uh, triggered you by posting FBI crime stats at you for yeah. thirty tweets in a row. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty smug right now. So that's 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 what's probably in those emails. And so oh, yeah, I forgot about how that even came up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing us back. Bringing it back. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm professional. Broadcasting. That's what all that fucking practice <laughs> and that crack. Basketball Sweet. court uh, paid, off. paid off. Yeah. Well, this is actually a, a perfect segue. Um, just going from one form of anti-Semitism to another. Um, other friend of the show, uh, Louis Farrakhan, back in the news this week Good as man. well. Good man. Yeah. Um, and he is back in the news because I saw uh, Jake Tapper and others were demanding that uh, certain. It was an organizer of the Women's March or and another politician. Yeah, maybe it was said, a member of the CBC and Danny I, Davis. Danny Davis, one of the only good con- congressional reps. I don't care if he's dumb. Who fucking cares? He votes the right way. And it was one or two organizers of the Women's March who had attended a speech by Farrakhan uh, recently, and this was an opportunity to. But also praised him. Praised him in this. They didn't just attend. They spoke highly of him. Something like that, yeah. Uh, and uh, this was an opportunity to demand uh, an apology and explain how um, how frightened we are of Farrakhan, how what a terror he is uh, of the Chicago Jewish community. I yeah, I grew up seven blocks from Farrakhan. Farrakhan doesn't want to do the Holocaust. He wants to sell you fucking bootleg Schindler's List Blu-rays. He doesn't give a shit. 
He's a fucking grifter. Like, yes, everyone respects him because he killed Malcolm X. He's the only guy who stepped up to do it. But Farrakhan, Farrakhan, like, he's this, you know, bugbear for guys like Jake Tapper. The entire Republican Party endorsed Roy Moore. Who fucking cares? And the other thing is, like, with, with, yeah, Farrakhan's Farrakhan's a fucking goofball. But, like, no, I just don't think you should play this game with the right. You're never gonna win. You're never gonna win the fucking disavow game. Who cares? Tell him to go fuck himself. I I wish I had a transcript of everything you said so I could go point by point by point (laughs) by point by point by point by point by point by point by point. But uh, Farrakhan is uh, what is he? A boob or a a, just a no good Nick or what is he? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He's for sure. But you're dismissing him. It's not. Yeah, I am because who gives a shit? Like, do you know how many people? Well, a, how many people do you think people, belong to Nation of Islam? I have no idea. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Five in this room. Uh, <laughs> five in this room. <laughs> um, which of the thirteen tribes are you from? Uh, <laughs> I'm um, the gamer tribe. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, I think it's important, uh, and I don't think you should dismiss it uh, when somebody is uh, preaching hateful uh rhetoric to a group of people uh especially in this atmosphere i mean i don't I, you know maybe in the we 80s, have more 90s. subscribers the nation of islam has members who fucking can't you you can't dance right, by right, the right, tune I'll, that jake tapper uh, tells you you have okay, to I'll, all right well forget about jake tapper i'll just i'll take <laughs> he's uh, the entire reason we're talking about this you brought it up <laughs> you brought it up you and i'm did. answering just because it's uh it's a dialogue it's not a monologue so I'm I'm not I'm not letting these points go uh, unchallenged because I think uh, some of them are fucking bullshit and I think and you want to I'll answer your question I think that there you go who gives a fuck like meaning nobody gives a fuck but people do give a fuck so I'm answering your question there are people who give a fuck me for one I think it's I think it's uh, uh, I think it's dangerous I think it's uh, ignorant uh, it's ignorant to history. You know, the the more that people go, who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck that this guy who's got followers said these things that make people, you know, loathe Jews and, and use them as a scapegoat? Because uh, 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 I don't know if you've read any recent history, let's say, let's say the last 400, 500 years of history, but Jews don't come out so good when they're scapegoated. How come every time the anti-Semitism comes up, it's only in reference to this fucking goofball with a crumbling religion who does OT readings in his fucking temple because he's just a huckster at the end of the day? Or it's like just the the you went through every BDS role and found one person who said something anti-Semitic. It's never the Nazis that we fund in Ukraine. It's never any of that shit. This is always a cudgel to beat back things that they disagree with that they're afraid of. And again, it's we're, we've moved on. I mean, that's the nature of the news cycle. Oh, yeah, we've it's going to be done. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with pointing out that kind of thing. And if you, if you want to focus on it, good. Good for you. Do something about it. If you don't want to focus on it, uh, g- get in your apartment in bed and shout into a mic and go, who the fuck cares? And then in your head... Nobody can. Nobody can care. Nobody. It's fine. You move on. We're going to talk about something in ten minutes. We'll be moved on. We'll have moved on to something else. Uh, uh, and uh, Rabbi Kahan can come. He's he should be here shortly. I've I've invited him. Um, Another close personal friend who I don't agree with everything on. Like right. Farrakhan. Okay. Everything in these in, in in certain communities where Farrakhan might have been popular thirty years ago, a newer generation, you know, uh, rejects the 
weird stuff because Farrakhan over the past 20, 30 years or so has just kind of fallen to being like total crank shit, right? He was like dabbled with Scientology. He was always a crank. Matt, oh, he's, he's nuts. Talking about I mean, numer- he was doing num- biblical numerology. Yeah. He and I, I, agree with, I agree with Felix. Like a lot of those guys, like, meaning uh, uh, Farrakhan, like a lot of those guys, most of those guys, is selling stuff. He's a huckster. I, I absolutely believe in that. But I don't think those two things uh, uh, excuse each other. So you're not going to join us in our call to defend Louis Farrakhan from his... Uh, well, yeah, how much money is it? <laughs> how much are you going to pay me? I'll do... No, I brings in a ton of money. You, you Look, you only need a few thousand people who really like think that you're God, and you will... I'm living proof. Yeah. yeah. By the way, buy the Chapo book. Yes. <laughs> Man, that is true, though. You really only need a few. You only need a few people. Like, I'll, if, if It's like, you know, it's, harder, it's hard to get someone to think you're God. But once you do it like a couple hundred times, you're literally set for life. Eric, Eric Clapton was nobody until somebody <laughs> wrote that graffiti in a bathroom wall in a men's stall in Birmingham, England, wherever it was. Guy shot to fame. Yeah. Well, does Farrakhan say he's a prophet? I have no yeah. idea. I don't know. Does he's, he really? said it. I mean, it's like all those like there's like a branch of sort of like black pseudo mysticism that's like Nation of Islam uh, Moorish Science Church, and then to a lesser extent, like the Dwight York thing, and a bunch of other offshoots. How come, you, like, how come you don't see those Nation of Islam guys out on the Times Square anymore? I know Times Square has changed. Just, but those are different guys. The Black Israelites. Yeah, the, Black we were talking about that the yeah, other week about how tribes, they're gone. The Lost Tribe. Well, they have, Will, Will grew up in New York, and he says, "Yeah, they were they, yeah, no, you used to, there be able, used to the see time. them on the street corners all the time." Yeah, no, they've. Um, Why does everyone want to be a tribe of Israel? Why does everyone say the Mormons say they're a lost tribe? Because the, the Bible. Indians were a lost tribe. Because they're the because, chosen. I mean, people I'm okay of God. not being a tribe of Israel. That's fine they're for the me. The chosen people Guess of what? God. You are enjoy it. Who wouldn't want to be a chosen person? So, what's the choice? God chooses you. God chose you for a lifetime of misery and shit. <laughs> All right, pass. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to. Like, uh, you're condemned to a circumcised penis, just ruining your sensitivity, chafing against your underwear your entire life. You have like point six better comic timing than the average person. <laughs> and you, cre- when you turn 50, you develop family madness from your shallow gene pool and start crying all the time. And you die. <laughs> There's no Japanese people who are like, oh, man, we got to be a lost tribe of Israel. This sounds great. Well, no, we that's be because they, were, they, they didn't know about the Bible until yeah. Yeah, but recently. Then, but then people came and told them about it. And they're like, all right, that's great. Whatever. Uh, we have anime and robots and <laughs> no, Nintendo. Well, that, you know, that's you know, that's my, my, one of my favorite things about the history of Hawaii is and, and, and I know that I'm kind of glossing over, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the psychological Im- impact of how these people ruled over them. But the fact that Christian, these, these guys, these Christian uh, uh, people came in on boats with uh, 30 pounds of wool and linen on them. And <laughs> just now, na- and here's par- literally it's paradise on earth. And they got all these people to believe in Christ clothe themselves stop enjoying the the bounty of uh nature and what they had and uh that's that's insane that it was able to work like that yeah you'd think that they would be like uh pass yeah exactly (laughs) a lot of them did did say pass yes by the way the japan according to shinto japanese people are the chosen people yeah every 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 every, like regional specific religion that's everybody wants to be chosen (laughs) (laughs) my favorite thing about the japanese and jews is uh 
like when they form, of, of all the favorite things you have about the Japanese, I have a Jews, lot of this things. Is your favorite thing. I have a yeah. lot of things, yeah. but uh, they uh, when they formed the alliance with Nazi Germany, the Nazis were like, so when you get a chance, read our literature, and it was you know like the protocols of the Elders of Zion, and because Japan had had no contact with Jews or anything, they read it and they're like, you're telling me the they got together and they control the world and they invented Bolshevism? These people are geniuses. These people rock. Like it just didn't work to make them anti-Semitic. Well, it made them like we need to talk. We need to like get on their good side. These people are very powerful. I need to get a Jewish bitch. Well, that's just <laughs> pragmatism. Okay, but that's not the deal. It might be a deal with Shintoism, and Judaism. It's not the deal with Christianity. Well, that's the thing is because we because Christians are not the chosen people. Yeah, they need to figure something else like Nazism, where the you're chosen. chosen by your genes instead of by God. It works. You're well, gonna all, you're gonna find some kind of way to be the chosen person. But no, Christians found a way to become the chosen people. That's you Calvinism. Well, no, you know, you, you're a chosen person after you die. That's the whole point about Christianity. Well, some of yeah, but are, you're even a chosen person in your life. Like the point of Calvinism is that you can figure out who's chosen by certain factors. Yeah, but that's just one heretic sect of. And it's the most. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> oh, no, it's completely it's completely pagan in a generally pagan religion. Christianity, but like it is the dominant. It's sort of like the undergirding of all American Christianity. Yeah, because and so that's what you have in America, and then in Europe you just have uh, your haplogroup. And yeah. now we're getting more old of that. school, old yeah. school. And old you school, have a, you have a church that bore that bores burns down. <laughs> is that it for the uh, the comic section? That was, <laughs> that was for the for the lighthearted Farrakhan bit. Just <laughs> <laughs> a wacky bit. There is a lot of funny Farrakhan shit. I'm, well, I'm, I'm sorry my, I started an argument, my, but there's <laughs> some really funny Farrakhan yeah, shit. No, my classic favorite. Felix yelling about Ukraine and uh, <laughs> the big Kahuna and all the people I don't <laughs> the know. Big Kahuna, <laughs> Meyer Kahan, my, big Kahuna. I mean, my favorite tidbit uh, NOI uh, trivia uh, that Farrakhan is on about uh, is that he says that uh, all white people are born with tails that are surgically removed at birth. And there's like sort of like circumcision. It's like a big uh, cover up in hospitals. I thought that information was not scheduled to be released until (laughs) next year. (laughs) I don't Well, uh, I don't think this is going to make the air. I know there's one tenth of the audience who listened to that and just went, yes, that's right. You tell David Cross, (laughs) fuck Jake Tapper. Yeah, that's my base. That's all the people who tune into my Instagram lives. There's another type of the audience that's going Axios. That's uh, in the Numbani map of Overwatch. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, here's a, I mean, again, just moving, moving right along from, you know, one group of chosen people to another. Uh, Mormons. I mean, they're, they're, they're among the most chosen, you know, the most specifically chosen by God in America. Uh, here's a little bit of a wacky news that happened last week. The, uh, Utah House of Representatives, um, a body, a, a group of people sort of self-selected to be, you know, the most street, the most flow, the most swag out of the entire country, have done a little, uh, a little rap music video, a rap musical, if you will, to tell people about, um, you know, how a law gets passed and just what they're up to of a day in the Utah House uh, now, of Felix, Representatives. you may enjoy these young SoundCloud pill heads, but <laughs> I think you'll like this educational rap. Look, there are only two types of good rap. The one where they're hopelessly addicted to drugs and will die at 23, and the kind where they can't even drink soda. <laughs> That's, oh, my God. Look at this Utah guy. Utah House of Representatives rap. Here we go. Couple of guys. Fresh Prince variant. Wow, they don't even have cable yet. This is not an original beat. 
Now, this is a story all about how our bills get flipped into a lock. I'd like Doesn't to take a minute to right sit now. right there. I'll tell you how Bill becomes on this by chain bear. That's this right. Shane Bear. Shane Bear, very bad. That's like when Johnny Rotten said anarchist. In the legislator's mind, an idea is raised. In the law book is where they spend most of their day. Drafting out, magging mm. out, hardly relaxing all. Kind of like hardly relaxing all cool. Inside of house chambers. We're more than a couple of guys start reviewing the bill. Are they making changes in committee on the hill? They all look so they happy at the end. just because they care. They say we're moving this bill back to the floor and we'll argue it there. Speaker Hughes pushes for a vote and the answer is clear. And the bill passes and goes over the Senate to hear. If it passes the Senate, then the bill is probably fair. Enough. You thought it was lost. This is enough. This is enough. Not quite there. It's enough. That's enough. That's more than enough. There's only another 10 minutes. <laughs> no, it's 10 seconds. It's very good ending. No, they do a version of Rapper's Delight. It's uh, 20 minutes about um, how the angel Moroni uh, passed along the golden disc. All of to, them look so miserable. No, some of them were really the, into some, it. A couple of them were into it, but most of them are miserable. Did some eccentric billionaire put them up to this? <laughs> Just an eccentric uh, hundred air. It didn't take a billion dollars. I think no matter how I've seen that video and no matter how dour you think they are, they're happier than you or anyone you know. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. Mormon, Mormons, are, if anyone actually is a chosen person, it's, it's Mormons. Oh, absolutely. They're the most normal people. They're the happiest people. Yeah, they're like Salafists for normie Yes, absolutely. I, I agree with public financing elections, but if citizens, if we have to live in the Citizens United world, I think you should only be able to buy, you know, legislators uh, in order to get them to debase themselves like this, or they for have your to, amusement. Or yeah, I, it's it's part and parcel of I'll give you this money, but you have to do this first, and then and then. And maybe you just have them keep going back to the drawing board. Like, I didn't, that, that's, that stanza didn't really rhyme very well. It seemed a bit forced. Can you go back and do it again? Yeah. Guys, weren't we going to start a super pack? We were. We should. That was all bad. Those people couldn't rap for shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Some real stinkers there. Some bad bars. Not since Jay-Z's part of Monster. Am I right, folks? Someone's been studying. <laughs> <laughs> a Mormon and Jay-Z pretty much rap about the same things at this point. They both love real estate investment trust and luggage and going on vacation. And Mormons and being, love their luggage. <laughs> they love, they love their luggage. Being, more jello being nice to their daughters. The raps, though. Huh? Way more jello references in the Mormon rap. Oh, I thought you said jello. more jellins. I was like, finally the truth's getting out there. <laughs> no, they love jello. I know that much about Mormons. Really? Well, yeah, because they can't have caffeine. At least they can't have it in coffee. So they just mainline sugar all the time they love treats and sweets more than anything and why, that's basically their only drug why jello specifically because that's what a normie weirdo that's what a psychotic normie likes do can mormons uh drink red bull no 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 well okay. that's the thing though that's taurine it's a hot drinks it's a hot drink band it's not technically caffeine so you can have oh, is that true? Tea. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. So I, mean, they, they I thought really... they couldn't have Coke. Or well, no, they, they can have Coke. I yeah. Oh, okay. because it's, so it's a hot it's for, drink Because uh, it was one of uh, it was when Br- Brigham Young was just riffing off the top of his dome towards the end. There, he was like, ah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, multiple wives, uh, no hot drinks. Yeah. And they didn't really know. And it was like exciting drinks, drinks that excite your blood. And the only things with caffeine at that time were. Uh, oh, we're tea and coffee. Okay. So if you now, want to be a, a cafeteria Mormon, a lot of them just uh, <laughs> extend that to anything with caffeine. The real ones, yeah. But like they, they just 
they eat a Charleston shoe and then rap over the Fresh Prince of Bel Air tune all afternoon. Well, here's what I don't care. Why, how how did they not all die of waterborne illnesses? Because that's why people you know drank things like coffee and beer. Because, because they're the chosen people, idiots. Yeah, looks like it worked out for them. And yeah, just uh, they have an entire state. And don't forget, uh, um, hundreds and hundreds of them were slaughtered as uh, they made their way out. Yeah, as they out made their way out. Yeah. Yeah, a so couple of good programs. Oh, who yeah. needs beer when we have this big, delicious, salty lake? <laughs> I would like to. I'd like to go to a Mormon club and get uh, table service for Laffy Taffy. <laughs> <laughs> they just bring it over in, a, in one of the in a champagne yeah. carafe. Yeah, you, 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 the most, the coolest guy in the club has like a big mug of. Uh, of decaffeinated hot cocoa with a little cute snowman on it. They're <laughs> like, oh, that guy is fucking cool. I think this is positive, though. I think it's time to bring back political rap. When when was it here? Uh, you know, the heyday was probably the 90s where you had the Capitol Steps. And uh, who was that guy on the piano? Oh, <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, Mark, uh, Mark, Mark Russell. Mark Russell. Mark Russell. He did yeah. not rap. Yeah. yeah, well, it's kind of a type of rap. <laughs> you guys have you guys have seen the Steve Stephen Crowder uh, oh, yeah. at CPAC like yes, four yes. years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that. Uh, oh, we talked awesome. about that rap song. It's and one it, of his best and ones. The watching the crowd is is even better than the actual how bad and and sweaty that rap <laughs> is and those guys in their outfits and. Um, but just watching the crowd is the best. Oh, yeah, because yeah, there's he, that one old one woman old in a fanny pack <laughs> who's feeling it. Yeah. And she's like, I'm replacing all the last memories of my childhood with this. <laughs> my favorite part is when he, like, towards the end of it, he just says the end word. <laughs> and you see there's a black hotel employee just, like, shaking his head. <laughs> I do like the idea of a grandparent watching that and then deciding, I finally have something to bond with my grandkids about. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you uh, have you ever seen a, a video of Crowder getting a laugh from an audience ever? <laughs> like even at his like conservative college I, campus there's store. The, there's the video of him, um, and it's one of those things that's you know like and everybody does it. Doesn't matter your politics, but everybody's like, you know, when when it's your thing that you that you like and you want to put out there, it's like. Crowder absolutely destroys, <laughs> you know, uh, rips to shred with logic, you know, uh, one of those things. But it's him. I think he's with Milo somewhere. This is like two years ago. And somebody, you know, he destroys feminism. Uh, and and he goes off. And it's got the uh, and, and a, a lot of comics, uh, you know, uh, again, it has nothing to do with their politics but a lot of comics who aren't that great have the same thing where they're they're using uh cadence energy uh intonation to just sort of sell what the where the punchline is and i'm gonna breathe like this and uh, and he goes off and people are like woo and they and he goes on for like three minutes and he's kind of huffing and puffing and losing his uh uh uh, breath and uh he's so passionate about it and uh but it's it, it it's the one time I've seen people in, react enthusiastically to him. I mean, it was his crowd, but... Yeah. Well, he's he's in trouble now because there's a new right-wing comedian on the scene who's going to fill that spot. Because Crowder is really... He is sort of a Tea Party era yeah. mm-hmm. rapper. Like, his big rap we were talking about, the main thing is about how the deficit is bad, which, <laughs> you know, wake me up right. when you're going to talk about uh, racial, you know, uh, statistics and stuff. So the new guy is this Owen Benjamin character. You he familiar is, with this guy? I he, have, I've heard. I know I've seen 
uh, Twitter things. Apparently, yeah. like up until about nine months ago, he was just a regular stand-up comedian, yeah. and he he did like he he had like a, a piano. Yeah, he was a, he, like, one of those sort of piano of, uh, guys. He'd he'd like sing songs and, and things like no, that. Is uh, the alt right's Mark Russell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's something I like. He like. I think online or Twitter or whatever has basically just vacated his brain over the like the last of the course of a year of just people calling him an asshole or something, and mm-hmm. now he's like doing events with like the alt right or whatever. Yeah, he's got, he was at I think both of the Night for Freedom that Cernovich did here in New York and in D.C. How'd that work out? Where are we? Are we freer? We're, we're much freer <laughs> because of it. Okay, great. Yeah. But um, I think he's a good example of uh, like he was going on about the the Oscars the other night and night for freedom. Jesus, oh yo, it's great. You can smoke in restaurants again. Actually, fucking awesome for freedom. There's a really funny story about that. I saw it last week. Um, (laughs) Those uh, headlines. This guy said on his personal blog that um, the night for freedom really lifted my spirits. I went just after I was banned from coaching my son's baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> and it was some uh, fucking DC Nazi guy who was outed as mm-hmm. the fucking Nazi who palled around Richard Spencer. And he works for DC schools. Mm-hmm. And he just says, oh, there's a media conspiracy around me. But then I went to Mike Cernovich's uh, uh, All Right Beer Pals. And <laughs> it was just a fulfilling experience. Nobody was on their phones. It was just... It was just so much community. Except for everyone on stage. Everyone on stage. Because ever... we've seen the videos. They're all just on their fucking phones when they're trying to be entertaining the people who paid upwards of $1,000. Who, who would check their phone while at a live show? <laughs> <laughs> so someone just literally just glued to his phone the entire time. And everyone else just looks bored. So, yeah, it went well. Yeah. I think the like I, I was I, I saw the Owen Benjamin was going off about the, the Oscars the other night. And like he... I think he's a good example. Uh, Alex Nichols made this point about like conservative comedians. They just get too mad to like, and they miss the punchline. They'll start with like an okay premise. That was but then, what I said. I said that. Oh, okay. God sorry. Matt said it. Uh, so they'll start with an okay premise and then the premise will anger them so much that by the end they're just angry. Yeah. Because they start off just making a caricature of a liberal. Yeah, get a load of this fucking uh, baby-killing uh, flag-burning motherfucker! I hate him so much! Well, uh, what like, was I, I saying? Yeah, I smell so, burnt toast. So, so uh, I'm on Tinder. Uh, I think if I swipe right on Black Lives Matter, it would go a little something like them <laughs> killing me for being white. <laughs> Man, good one. But like he, he, he started with the premise that um, uh, everyone in the room is a pedophile. And then went off from there, and then and then just, I love crowd work. And then and then and then just at the end, he <laughs> just, yell like second kids. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, he just says, "P.S. They're all pedophiles." So like twenty-five uh, percent. That's that's, that's, called, that's called a callback in comedy. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say twenty-five percent. That's crazy. Funny stuff. Twenty-five. Funny stuff. <laughs> well, here is a uh, uh, our, our the Oscars were of course on Sunday. Uh, I did find the congratulations to The Shape of Water for winning. Uh, you know, just randomly, I, I really have to say, I think the post got completely robbed. Agreed, absolutely. Picture of the year, hands down, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm not, you know, that's just a thought I have. Um, the Shape of Water won, and uh, our friend Rod Dreher, you might imagine his thoughts about this film, The which, Shape of Gender. Yeah, it's a movie uh, about a woman who falls in love with uh, a, a sort of humanoid fish monster, and uh, they have sex, and they fall in love. 
So you can, is it a monster like a, I haven't seen it. Uh, is it a monster that like wants to kill people? Monster? No, he's like a he's like he's a lover, he's, not a fighter. Yeah, he he looks monstrous, but um, he's in fact woman uh, falling. Is, was he like captured? Yeah, he's by captured by the government. government she's yeah, like yeah. Uh, she's a, a cleaning lady in this like government facility mm-hmm. and the, the tank where they keep his tank or whatever, mm-hmm. and she helps him escape and they fall in love. Is he a monster in the way that Pol Pot was a monster or? <laughs> <laughs> More of a Beauty and the Beast situation. <laughs> it's, it's Beauty monster, and the Aqua Beast. It's, so monster, it's a gaslighting film. It, it's monster in the sense of rap. Like he's like really cool. He's a beast. Yeah. A woman having sex with a grotesque creature. What is this? My wedding night? <laughs> Am I right, folks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't see that at the Night of Freedom, bitch. <laughs> so uh, Rod Dreher, uh, David, if you're not familiar, he writes to the American Conservative, and I'm his shtick is. Uh, He's, sort he's of a, on the gender beat. He's a religious hysteric. He's really uh, terrified by gay people and uh, trans people and sort of gender neutral bathrooms and locker rooms and things of that nature. He has this thing called the Benedict Option because he realized a few years ago the writing's on the wall and society's just going to be liberal and never, no one's going to listen to Rod Dreherism. So he urged good Christians to basically move to compounds and raise your children away from Hollywood sickos. Right. So, that, I mean, he's just the current. Uh, iteration of that guy who's always been around. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, he I said, just wish he would log off and just Rod Dreher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have a picture of him? Uh, <laughs> oh, yo, hell yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> Let me take a look here. Oh, that's not what I was picturing <laughs> at all. Um, no, he has sort of like a big hipster scarf and hipster. Yeah, he's glasses. got kind of a British novelist kind of vibe yeah. to him. Um, all right. Well, that's what he wants to be. Is the thing. Well, he was. He did try mm. to be a film critic at one point, I believe. In right? an interview with Rod Dreher. I don't know. I, I, yeah, if I'm remembering from that article we read about him, he, he started off as a film critic. But now he decided that they're all decadent garbage, and now he lives uh, in, a, in a shack. In and that's Louisiana. not at all because he failed as a film critic. No, not at all. And Hey, here, who's, who do you think is going to fill the, uh, the Alex Jones void? Who's going to step in? Uh, that's a big gaping hole to... to <laughs> have out of those people's lives uh us oh wow <laughs> yeah. all right we've Great. got uh, we've got a warehouse full of brain tonic that we're ready <laughs> to sell crazy but i think frank caliendo <laughs> <laughs> if you just did alex jones <laughs> you probably wouldn't even oh, notice oh it was i think a uh, different frank frank bruni he's finally going to come into himself at age 50 after writing what happened this week columns for 20 years you mean like Alex Jones is gonna, after he gets kicked off YouTube eventually? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. He's not going to get kicked off of YouTube. He has one strike left. You know, he better. Spe- he yeah, but they're yeah. going to like they're going to completely forget about that. Well, when my the favorite thing about it, it is yeah, that he's going to blow it. Is that apparently a lot of these guys getting driven off of YouTube are being else- reported by right wingers by Nazis who want them to go to their proprietary Nazi YouTube that they're <laughs> sure. setting up. And they, 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 they're like, these guys, all the big guys are on YouTube, so we'll report them. So yeah, that they'll have they're to monetizing, and you know who's behind it? Rabbi Kahan. Yeah. <laughs> it, all, it all goes back to the Jews, that my friend. Piece of shit. You know, they, you can just host videos on your own website. You don't have to use groipertube.net. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Obviously, the fact that uh, The Shape of Water was the big winner at the Oscars, you, you can guess what Rod is going to say about this because, you know, to him, it's just more examples of, you know, Hollywood's vicious cultural agenda where they're basically just trying to say, hey, you know, Brokeback Mountain said it was okay to be gay. Now it's okay to have sex with the fishmen. Now it's okay to have sex with animals. So he's going there and... Uh, Wait, is it? 
<laughs> I have I've got to get out of here, guys. I have some catching up to do. I've got to get uh, to the uh, aquarium. <laughs> um, so we we know what Rod is going to say, but um, I'm bringing this up because there were some his readers came through with some absolutely amazing observations about um, human alien human animal intercourse that I'd like to share. They had some very normal thoughts about all this. So uh, first on John says, and he's he's quoting someone else who says. My assumption is that if human-alien intercourse is intrinsically unable to produce offspring, the Catholic Church would condemn it on the same grounds that it condemns artificial birth control. John's response to this is, but if, like Spock's mother, procreation could occur the usual way after sufficiently advanced gene therapy, then I don't think they would object based on anything other than the yuck factor. This assumes, of course, that gene therapy doesn't involve embryos. The therapy just causes women to produce eggs that can be fertilized by Vulcan sperm through more or less traditional mating. Then they should be good to go. So this guy basically just wants the Pope to tell him it's okay to fuck an alien if that ever happens? Well, he wants the Pope to retroactively bless Spock, who was famously half human, half Vulcan. We don't want him to go to the hell. The product of... The idea yeah. of Spock right. going to hell is just too disturbing. These what are a beautiful, like, what these a beautiful are, use of time and, and brain energy. These are just like the internet nerds who argue about canon on any message board, except they're arguing about literal the canon. <laughs> uh, next up here, uh, Hector St. Clair. Slash fic. Hector St. Clair says, uh, female mules are almost always sterile. But not- he's responding to Engineer Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not precisely always. There have been rare cases of fertile ones. I know. I've checked myself. <laughs> Male mules are always sterile. I'm like 0 for 100 on that. And I've tried <laughs> getting so many of them pregnant. And well, yeah, I mean, hey, Thomas Edison, they, they said uh, you failed to create the light bulb 100 times. Now I found 100 ways that don't work. Just keep at it. Yep. Keep grinding. Keep grinding, indeed. Yeah. In general, the uh, heterogametic outcome of hybridization is more likely to be sterile in mammals that would be males, but in birds, it would be the females. <laughs> For what it's worth, the whole concept of species is kind of a tricky one. And there's evidence (laughs) today (laughs) that lots of what we think of as species, including wolves, bisons, and others, have had significant gene inflow from other species throughout evolutionary history. And then he just links to the Wikipedia page for mule fertility. What you're you're not uh, bringing up is that every one of these responses was preceded by half an hour of angry pacing in their, uh, you know, in their room, going, "This is ridiculous! I can't believe this! This guy has no concept." Uh, okay, all right, I got to calm down and write this guy back. Okay, all right, this because all right, calm down. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely. I, I knew you were going to read his readers' responses. I had no idea how pro interspecies love they were. Well, here's the error because they're all Trekkies and they're going into deep Star Trek canon. And referencing uh, Deep Space Nine, and someone, uh, Engineer Scotty, replies and says, Don't forget the first introduction of the Trill in the Trek universe was an episode in which Dr. Crusher falls in love with a Trill host symbiote. And, yeah, uh, so a little boozy. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're reading it in a very kind of calm. I'm saying that they, <laughs> it was written very angrily. Yeah, very loud monotone. Uh, which one? Uh, whichever next one. Okay, well, uh, uh, read, read, read this one. This is, this is going off Trek canon. But, um, Conversation at business lunch today. Have you seen The Shape of Water? No, I haven't. I have. Good movie. It's about diversity and inclusion. I know Hollywood has always been ideological. It's just that ideology changes over time. Silence. Oblique look. The suspect that I was violating the speech code. 
Do you know Griffith's The Birth of the Nation? No. It was a big blockbuster in the early 1900s. Glorification of the KKK. So that's progress after all, I guess. Puzzled looks. Was I comparing man fish love with KKK? A question too absurd even to be asked. But suspicion lingers over. Hasty change of topic. Forgive me, but sometimes I enjoy playing the naughty boy. (laughs) (laughs) Security asked to intervene. Tasered. I I picture all of Rod's readers are in the same Victorian schoolhouse wearing the, like little dresses that they made to eight year olds wear. Uh, this, this, These guys, their only conversations that they have in a day are with put upon Barnes and Noble employees. <laughs> uh, this last one, of course, goes to the place that this always ends up. As you know, it is inevitable. The inevitable. I want to know how many of these guys have ever, or women, what, mostly guys, have ever uttered the phrase, well, that's the last time I ever used Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one here says, Rod, I like your sentence. Quote, in other words, you can have sex with anyone or anything you want because love is love and love wins. Obviously, there is still one huge exception. Underage sex, in which case you are a total outcast, viler than the vilest of the vile. Witness the unhinged rage in Britain once it was revealed that Sir Jimmy Savile, the much-loved BBC megastar and philanthropist, had a taste for young flesh. I like when it said the unhinged rage. What, when they found out that one of their biggest TV celebrities had like raped hundreds of kids? In their hospital beds. Went into their hospital rooms. Love is love. It's like the fish man taught us. But he goes on. We don't know how old that fish man was. He could have been a fish teen. He says here, uh, quote, had a taste for young flesh. And he said, such fury is logically ridiculous, given the moral. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is for sure a libertarian. He's writing from Kentucky. He's on his way to Kentucky right now. Such fury is logically ridiculous, given the moral presumptions of the present day Western democracies. Carson Holloway pointed out the absurdity years ago in Touchstone magazine in a superb article now behind a paywall. In a superb article now only available on the dark net. In a superb article only available in state's evidence. Carson's sorry. Carson's relentless logic describes how once (laughs) relentless logic. Once we there's my rap name. Once we start down the road to sexual liberation, we have no coherent argument against the pedophiles. Obviously, bolder Hollywood spirits like Roman Polanski have already pushed the underage boundary. How long before an Oscar-worthy movie celebrates the seduction of nine-year-olds and is publicly honored? So, I think, well, see, I, I, next I, well, year, uh, I, I, David, what are you working on now? You got any uh, coming? A mix of Taxi Driver and Paper Moon. <laughs> so, uh, the next, the next uh, Judd Apatow movie is about like Seth Rogen awkwardly trying to date a child. It's called This Is Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that guy—that's a classic example of someone who is trying on the surface to be witty and and try to oh you think it's okay to fuck a fish but you don't think it's okay to fuck a kid but the subtext is why isn't it okay to fuck a kid if yeah it's okay exactly to fuck he's, a fish? it's a trial balloon he's yeah. floating it out there seeing yeah. what 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 but he should move to kentucky he'll be fine Have just, a 13 year old child bride yeah just to play devil's advocate uh jimmy seville literally did nothing wrong <laughs> <laughs> okay i think he skipped a few steps <laughs> listen i mean again you know, the reaction was a little bit over the top. I mean, he's not some monster. People. <laughs> Read my article in The Atlantic, The Humiliation of Jimmy Seville. 
Okay, uh, moving on from uh, Rod and uh, the Fishmen and Deep Star Trek canon, I'd like to close out this week with a, uh, an article from uh, the National Review. And the title, the headline is, Gentlemen Songsters No More. No More. By Emile W. Henry Jr. <laughs> uh, uh, written, written by a man in a sailor outfit. <laughs> Will re- uh, you should read this in your real voice. <laughs> a former member of Yale's famed all-male a cappella group, the Whiffenpuffs, on what will be lost as the group becomes co-ed. So this is a uh, lamentation that... Uh, so he just writes here, Emile writes... Uh, last week, one of Yale University's <laughs> oldest institutions decided it was time for a change. The famed Whiffenpuffs, Yale's 109-year-old male-only a cappella singing group, announced that it accepted its first female member. The so. time is over when just a bunch of men could get together to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> Most of Yale's recent concessions to fashion, such as the 2015 incident in which the university lecturer Erica Christakis and her husband were run out of town for suggesting that students could wear whatever they wished for on Halloween are well documented. One less noticed recent story recounted by the right-leaning blog, The Naked Dollar, captures the contemporary zeitgeist at Yale. At a recent reunion weekend, the male blogger, class of 82, encountered a younger female reunion reveler, class of 02, and paused to let her pass through the doorway they were both headed for, gesturing politely, after you. Her response was to spit out one word with anger. Patriarchy. <laughs> Did so, never happen. Yeah, they, they blog the, the, the Naked Absolute Dollar lie. performing, recounting a, a story, a real incident that yeah. definitely happened to a real you person. A young- I gotta say, uh, uh, I mean, it does sound implausible, but I've really come to appreciate the journalistic rigor of the naked dollar. So <laughs> I think it probably did happen, folks. I don't know whether a patriarchy existed at Yale <laughs> or whether the latest decision of the whiffs was aimed consciously or otherwise at its dismantling. But what is clear is that a robust global market exists for single-sex Ivy League vocal ensembles, <laughs> and Yale has now, for some reason, decided that it bet is best to discontinue what is arguably... That's got to be a joke. That's got to be a tongue-in-cheek. Come <laughs> no, on no, no, now. No. Come on, come on. Uh, come on. This is serious. He goes, has decided... global, international... Wait, what is it? He says, uh, but what is clear is that a robust global market exists for single-sex Ivy League vocal ensembles, and Yale has now, for some reason... How is that clear? Yeah, the, the, sir, citation on that. <laughs> sir, there are dozens of Rockefellers who will pay for us to get naked and sleep in a big bed with them and sing Goodnight Moon. <laughs> sing a version of Goodnight Moon we turned into a song. There are, <laughs> sir, there is a global market for men who will make us sit around a big dinner table. The Sultan of Brunei. Um, <laughs> that's all I got right now. But He goes... Uh, for some reason, they've decided it is best to discontinue what well, is arguably the most popular and best recognized such ensemble on the planet. Okay, yeah. well, if there is a robust global market, that means the void is going to be filled by a, a cut-rate Chinese Ivy League vocal <laughs> ensemble. <laughs> but he goes here, uh, a bit of history. The WIFs, open to only 14 seniors, have maintained a profile outside of New Haven, thanks initially to former member Cole Porter, who brought a chic notoriety to the white-clad gentleman songsters nearly 100 years oh, yeah, ago. He was the Suge Knight of the Women Booths. <laughs> Decades of international tours by subsequent generations of the group saw performances at Lincoln Center and Carnegie Hall, appearances on iconic shows such as Saturday Night Live, The West Wing, 60 Minutes, and Glee. A fucking corset, fucking West Wing had the fucking whiffed poops on it. Further extended the group's profile internationally. 
Since Yale went co-ed in 1968, there have been at various times movements to admit women into the WIFs. Why, it was correctly reasoned, should women be excluded from the possibility of such prestige and honor? It was a reasonable concern, and it was addressed to the creation of a female-only senior group called Women Rhythm in 1981, two years before I graduated as a member of the WIFs. So they, they solved the problem by having a female-only sure. acapella group. Yeah, what the Jews do with them, they pray when they go to temple. It's everybody equal. We've got to bring the women in. We'll give them, they can go upstairs. Yeah, you were well, laughing, but women rhythm was very influential in the Riot girl scene in the early 90s. <laughs> what is the Whiff and Post album sales numbers? Where are they on Spotify? Because being on the fucking West Wing, having Aaron Sorkin decide, you know how we class up this episode? We have some of those delightful Whiff and Poofs from Yale show up and sing a few patriotic ditties. That is not a proof that there's any kind of market crying out for let their me goddamn look at, bullshit. Let me look at a sound scan for this week. So uh, number one, we got, of course, Day 6-9 by 6-9. Here we go. Uh, but number two, we have number two, a gay old riverboat by the Whiff and Poofs <laughs> at 75,000 units. Congrats, Kings. I don't think this is the Whiff and Poofs. I think this is someone else using their name. I don't know. Play Rainbow Connection. It could be, yeah, the, this, oh, could exactly. be, it could be the porn parody. Wait, that's music. Yeah. That's not. Yeah, this is acapella. Yeah. Oh, wow. Never mind. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they can do that with their mouths? I am so glad I got you to gotta, make you a fan. You got to watch right. Pitch Perfect. I just came. <laughs> Yo, DJ, run that shit back. I can't believe they're letting... Run that shit back again. I can't believe they're going to let women do this. Yeah, yeah that's disgusting. Taking all the masculine traditions, yeah. like putting on a nice little teddy bear tuxedo <laughs> with your friends and singing songs. Can you have a, a woman licking the giant lollipop with you and your friends? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next, no, year, next you. year, they're going to let women jack off in a coffin uh, surrounded by the five future I, presidents. I will not let women sleep in the exact same bunk beds set up that the seven dwarves had. I am just glad that William F. Buckley isn't here to see people demanding that he allow women to skinny dip with him in the Long Island Sound. I'm uh, skipping ahead here. This is my favorite line in the piece, though. He says, um, he, he talks about like the, the whiffs and whim, uh, say they have solidarity with uh, transgender, non-binary, non-conforming okay, members. Of Where are they going to let fishmen sing? And, the uh, <laughs> understand they feel unseen. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> he says uh, they, are, they feel unseen in the current paradigm of all male versus all female senior acapella. So Emil says uh, that is certainly likely, just it is just as it is likely that a number of conservative students and professors feel unseen in the current paradigm of Yale's aversion to political diversity, and that the young mm. Yale man, bringing it back, who aspires to an all male singing experience, feels unseen right about now. Yeah. Me too. Dot com. <laughs> Emphasize male acapella visibility. <laughs> I do not mean to suggest that there are no worthy arguments for change. In particular, the claims that it was required to reduce inequities between the older, more established whiffs and whim is a compelling one. What whim, the fuck are you talking about? Whim brings in about 25% of the cash the whiffs do and hasn't been able to generate the same level of demand. If the discrepancy related to yeah, some institutional... Yeah, that's because women aren't allowed at Bohemian Grove. <laughs> they can't sing when they burn the fucking owl. Either way, this much is certain. The whiff and poofs, now co-ed, will in future be something much different than what they have always been. In the meantime, while we wait to evaluate the results of the change, perhaps some enterprising young men in Yale's student body will rise to fill the huge void that has been left. Who will stand up and sing? Who will start singing? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the singing Pepe's. <laughs> so uh, let's let's just play you guys out now uh, with just a little bit of the whiff and puffs uh, covering uh, yeah. space. David Bowie. Scum gang. This is too modern. Wait a minute. This is yeah. What's this Bowie bullshit? Where's Sweet Adeline? Yeah. Uh, Where's what the fuck? Oh, what? Where's Where's Father? I dropped my lollipop in the sewer. Yeah. Where's Camp Town Races? This is just called the Whiff and Puff song. Where's a a vaguely racist song uh, that was cleaned up from a Cecil Rhodes original? Ah, that's it. That's it. Ah, that's the that's that's music to plot a coup in Guatemala to right there. Ah, uh, yes. Get in the coffin. Get in the coffin. <laughs> the sweet is- sounds of colonialism. Yes. Yeah, this is this is forcing your cousin to shave your younger brother music. <laughs> Look, we all got to jack off of the coffin, okay? It's part of the deal. This is trying on your dad's gimp suit music. This is that real shit. This is... <laughs> Yeah, this is that uh, out-of-court settlement for sexual harassment at the CIA music. Okay, guys. Uh, Till next time, David, thanks for joining us yeah, this week. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, David. Thank yeah, you. Thank thanks you. a lot. Take it easy. Bye. 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 Yes, we will serenade our Louis, alive and boy shall last. Then we'll pass and be forgotten with